We welcome you to the 11th hour Baptist virtual Bible conference. I am Pastor Paul Jackson, a pastor of Landmark Baptist Church in Lyons, Georgia, and we, we pray that you will enjoy this as we uh, preach it for the Bible conference. Now let me begin this message with a very important thought. There must be the presence of the Holy Spirit dwelling in a person if he or she ever expects to worship God in spirit and in truth. That's the title of my message, Worship in Spirit and in Truth. John, the fourth chapter and 19th verse. I'm going to read there. I'm going to read a few verses here. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in the mountain, this mountain. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go into depth on that, but she was pointing, I guess, pointing toward mountains there. All those mountains were, were uh, covered with, in the Old Testament, those mountains were covered with uh, idol worshipers and such, and that's what she referred to. It says, Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is, the King James says God is a spirit, but I know that the Greek says God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's the title of this message is worship in spirit and in truth. This is a message that I've been assigned to preach for the virtual Bible conference and so I pray that the Lord will bless us. The great Apostle Paul, you know, some people wonder why I call him the great Apostle Paul. I want to distinguish him from a sorry Paul, uh, being myself. And so uh, that's the reason I call him the great Apostle Paul. Writes to the church at Rome and explains who can worship God in spirit and in truth. I think that's the key to it right here. Who can worship God in spirit and in truth? Jesus said the day cometh when we're going to have to do that. Well, who can worship in spirit and truth? Well, this is answered in Romans 8th chapter, beginning in the ninth verse. And I've written it down here uh, so that I can go ahead and read it. And, and, and Paul pretty much tells the Romans church who can worship in spirit and who can't. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because a carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you, now, if any have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, 
But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raiseth up Jesus from the dead dwelleth in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. So it's, it's very plain and very key that only that you have to be in the Spirit if you're going to worship in truth. You can't worship in truth if you're not in the Spirit. And so that's, that's the key to this whole message here tonight is that, that you have to be in the Spirit if you're going to worship God in just the same way make any difference where it is or, or why, how we're worshiping God. If we're worshiping Him in prayer, we have to be in the Spirit. If we're worshiping Him in church, we have to be in the Spirit. If we're not in the Spirit, then truth is not going to do us any good because we're not going to listen to it. We're not going to hear it. As one can readily see and understand that a person who has never really been saved, though they say they are, can ever worship God in spirit and in truth. Why is that so? For he is and never will be until he is saved, subject to the teachings which make up the truth. So you see, that's how, when we talk about worshiping in spirit and in truth, then a lost person can never, ever worship in spirit, and thereby he, won't, he can't worship in truth because he doesn't know truth and doesn't adhere to truth, and he doesn't, he doesn't see truth as, as it is. So he cannot worship in truth. Why, why is this so? For he, he, he never will be until he is saved, subject to the teachings which make up the truth. You know, the truth does a lost man no good. You can preach a truth and you can preach to your heart out to a lost man and he'll never understand the truth and he'll never follow it until the Lord saves him. And then he, then he will follow the truth. A lost person, though they may be in the church, will never adhere to the truth of the word. We know and understand that God is spirit and he must be worshipped as such. And we also know the truth concerning the gospel and salvation, and we want and we want to hear the gospel, and we want to hear the truth. You know that's the key to it. There, we want to hear the gospel, and we want to hear the truth. You know, if 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 the gospel is preached every every day, every time the services, if the gospel is preached, every, then that's fine. That's fine with me. If 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 someone wants to preach a gospel, because the gospel is truth. And, and, and but if if a man refuses to believe the gospel, if a man refuses to believe that Jesus died for him, if a man refuses to believe that Jesus went to Golgotha's hill and there died on the tree, if he refuses to believe that, then he'll never know the truth. He'll never know. He'll never understand what the truth is. Again, the great apostle writes to the church at Philippi. He says, For we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now, I've, I've heard it said, I, I remember before I was ever saved, I, I remember preaching, and I remember that in, in that preaching, it was said in that preaching that you have to give up all your confidence in the world and trust the Lord as your Savior 
and, and, and have your trust for him for the rest of your life, that he's going to take care of you and he's going to give you what you need and what you want. I was told that before I was ever saved. But one of the hard things I had to do before the Lord saved me was, was give up this flesh. I always thought I could do something. I always thought that if, if, if someone came to me, said, you have to do this and you'll be saved, then I thought that's, that, that's good. That's good. But, uh, that's, that's not the way it is. You know, uh, if someone came to me and said, you have to go to church every Sunday for, for six years, then, then you'll be saved. Well, I did that. But that didn't save me. I, I went with Rhonda every Sunday for six years. I was in, in the Lord's house. I was there. But that didn't save me. But if someone had told me, had told me, well, you've, you've been in the Lord's house for these six months, every Sunday for these six months, and then you're saved. But that's not true. That's not true. That's not, that's not the way the Lord saves us. That, that type of salvation puts confidence in the flesh. And that's what Paul told the church at Philippi. He told them, he says, we have no confidence in the flesh. You know, we, you know, man has got to trust the Lord and not trust what he can do and the things that, he, that he's able to do. And, and um, I've, I've had people over the years, over the many years, I've had people tell me when I mentioned something to them about not being in church, they said, well, I was there last Sunday. Well, I, I was there two Sundays ago. Well, I was there last week or two weeks ago. Well, uh, that is saying that, that they think that by them getting ready, going to church, and sitting in church, that that is buying them something spiritual. But it's not. It's not doing anything. Lost people, I don't care how faithful they are in attending the Lord's church, will never give up confidence in the flesh. All such worshipers, no matter how earnest, worship, they know not what they worship. That's what, that's what Paul said uh, over there. He said they know not what they worship. They, they don't know what they worship. They don't know what they're, they don't know why they're being religious. They, they don't know what, what is the deal. So let's just, just give it up. I, I don't know what this is doing me any good. This church is not doing me any good. This preaching of this preacher's not doing me any good, so I'll just leave and go somewhere else. Maybe I'll find somebody who'll do me good. Well, in this day and time, you can find somebody who'll do you good. You can find somebody who will pat you on the back every time you do something good. You'll find somebody who can tell you that you're okay, just like a man told me several years ago, probably close to 30 years ago, maybe over 30 years ago. Had a man came to me, and he asked me a question. He said, uh, I've always questioned my baptism. And if I told you who it was, some of our church members would know. He said, I've always questioned my baptism. And I asked him, I said, uh, I said, what about your baptism you questioned? And he said, well, he said, uh, I went to church. And he said, one of the men came back and got me by the arm 
and told me I need to be baptized. And he says, I went with him. I went forward. And the preacher took me by the hand and told me, he said, you're, you're saved, you're okay, and we will baptize you. The man told a, the man told a preacher, not the man, the man that took him by the arm, told a preacher, said he wants to be baptized. And he said, I was baptized, but he said, I've always questioned it. And I said, uh, I said, it wasn't scriptural baptism. He said, you know, you're the first preacher over these last several years. You're the first preacher that ever told me the truth about my baptism. He said, all the rest of the preachers, I would go to them. I would tell them the story of me being baptized and how that I, I was told that I, I need to be baptized in order to be saved. He said, they would, they would pat me on the shoulder and they would say, that's all right. You're okay. You're fine. Don't worry about it. You're fine. He said, you're the first preacher that told me the truth about it. He said, you're the first preacher that ever told me. And it wasn't long after that until he was saved and he was scripturally baptized into the Lord's church. And so that's, that's what happens in this day and time. <clears throat> so lost people don't know what they worship, just like this poor, poor Samaritan woman. She said, we worship up there on that mountain. And he said, you, you don't know what you worship. He, he didn't tell her not to, not to worship up there. He said, you, you don't know what you worship. And, and, and he went on to appear, and he told her, he said, went on to tell him that eventually man has to worship God in spirit and in truth. And she never understood a word of that. But, praise God, she was saved. And I'm sure that she understood that after the Lord saved her, so she was saved. Now, all such worshipers, no matter, no matter how earnest, worship they know not what they worship. The great apostle Paul spoke of, of those worshipers in Athens. Now, there, there's a lot of worshipers out there. You can find them. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them in, in, in restaurants. You can find them everywhere who are worshipers. I go to church. I serve the Lord, and I go to church, and I do this, and I do that. And, and, and you can also hear people saying, well, you're okay. You're just fine. You're all right, without ever asking them about true salvation, without ever asking them, uh, teaching them the gospel of Christ and what the gospel teaches and such. They just let them go right on and don't, and don't question it. They're doing them wrong. They're doing them wrong when they do that. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul spoke of those worshipers in Athens. He said they are too superstitious. Oh, let me tell you, folks, there's a lot of superstitious people today who claim to be saved. A lot of superstitious people today who claim to be saved. They believe if they don't go and see their mom and daddy every Sunday, then uh, they're, they're going to die young. I've heard that. These are just things that have been said to me over the years. I've got to go see my dad. I had somebody here just recently. Well, I say recently. Then the last two years, had somebody here say, well, you know, uh, I talked to them about salvation. And they said, well, you know, I have to go and visit with my mom and daddy every Sunday, so I'm not going to be able to come to church every Sunday. So I just want to let you know that. 
you know, and and that people believe that that's a righteous thing to do is go visit. People think it's a righteous thing to do to to uh, be with a family member somewhere and, and doing things. They think that's a righteous thing to do, but it's not. It's the wrong thing to do if you think that that's what's going to save you. They they believe in the creation. Or some, or as some today believe in the earth, that it has some spiritual value. They believe the earth, this creation, just believing that God created all this stuff has some spiritual value. But it doesn't, it has no spiritual value. No spiritual value whatsoever. Worshiping this earth has no spiritual value. Do people do that? Well, you watch around. For you watch around for Earth Day, you will see that people get out there and they'll chant and they'll they'll chant before the Earth on, on those days. So so it's 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 certainly it's certainly they they will worship the Earth, but it is no spiritual value when you worship the Earth. Uh, those false prophets in the Old Testament worship the trees. Go 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 over there to uh, Jeremiah. And you see how they worshiped the trees, how they would go out and they'd cut a tree and they'd bring it in and they'd, they'd put it on a stand. They set it in their house. They put lights on it. And that's Jeremiah the 10th chapter. They put lights on it and, and they worshiped that tree. That's the, only, that's the only reason they cut it down, bring it in the house. It, just like one preacher said one time when I talked that, he said, they're not talking about Christmas. I said, I know they're not talking about Christmas. I said, they're talking about worshiping trees. And they did that. They worshiped trees. They would go out into the groves. And they would put lights in all the trees, just like these lights in here. They'd put lights in all the trees, and they would chant, and they would worship under all those lights out there. And so, you know, th- this is what people do. And, and they worship the earth. And, and sad to say that when I was pastor at... at uh, Friendship Baptist Church, the uh, Sunday school people from Atlanta would send me messages every, for, for every month. And when Earth Day came, they would tell me to, that I had, that I, they'd give me a message to preach about the earth. And, and that's just all wrong. You know, that's, that's not the way we worship the Lord. It's not the way we worship the Lord. There are a lot of things to be heard and understood when one is in the Spirit. You know, a lot of things. When you're in the Spirit, I tell you, there's a lot of things to be right here in Landmark Baptist Church to be gleaned if you're in the Spirit when you come here. If you come in the Spirit, then that, then, then the truth, the truth will be, will come out to you just like plain as day. The truth will come out to you as plain as day. If you're in the spirit, you know, if you pray, you know, if the problem we have today is a lot of people pray, but they don't pray in the spirit. They, they, they just pray. They don't pray in the spirit. And, and, and the Bible teaches that we must be in the spirit. Um, God showed John the apostle a great mystery when he was in the spirit. Look at Revelation 1. I want to turn over. I want to read it to you. Revelation 1. And begin in verse 10, he says there, he says, I was in the Spirit. John, this is John speaking, the Apostle John. 
He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. If he hadn't been in the Spirit, he wouldn't have heard that voice. He wouldn't even been there to be to, to be uh, to, for that voice to speak to him. I heard, I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write it in a book and send it unto the the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. So what, what did God reveal to John when he was in the Spirit? God revealed to John the whole book of Revelation because he was in the Spirit. John, John didn't, well, John should have been dead. He should have been dead because he was boiled in a cauldron of oil. But he lived. When they, when they, when they got the hot oil out, he was still alive. So un, under the law of the, of the Romans, you know, he could not be, he could not be tried to kill him again. What did they do with him? They took him out there on the Isle of Patmos and they set him down hoping that he would eventually starve to death. And, and this is where God met him. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and the Lord came and met him and told him, I've got a great work for you to do. And, that, and he wrote the book of Revelation as that great work. Ezekiel stated, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of dry bones. Ezekiel 37.1. Would those dry bones have lived if Ezekiel, if Ezekiel was not uh, uh, in the Spirit? Ezekiel wouldn't even been sent out there to preach the dry bones if he wasn't in the Spirit. Just like, just like the, if we're not in the Spirit, then we don't do any good. I don't do any good. Let me get up here in this pulpit. And, and you'll say, well, have you ever got up in the pulpit and feel that you're not in the Spirit? Many times. Many times, but it was a dead message. The dead message to me, and it's a dead message to those that listen to it. Because I failed to come up here in the Spirit. I didn't feel the Spirit of God working with me. I didn't feel the Spirit of God working with the church. I didn't feel the Spirit of God working with anybody in the church. And so thereby, you know, there was nothing accomplished. The great Apostle Paul told the Ephesian elders, he said, and now... I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things which shall befall me there. He says, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. Acts 20 and verse 22. Why, why did Paul say this? Well, Paul had been warned what was waiting for him in Jerusalem. He had been warned of that. But he still said... And now I, I go bound in the Spirit. Paul, Paul, had a, Paul would have never gone to Jerusalem if he wasn't in the Spirit. And not knowing the things which shall befall me there. Being bound in the Spirit, it did not stop him from confronting the truth. The truth was that he was going to lose his head. The truth was that he was going to be martyred. The truth was... But he was in the spirit. That didn't make any difference to him. That's just like when our, de our dying day comes. If we're not in the spirit, it's going to be a miserable time. 
When we get sick, if we're not in the spirit, it's going to be a miserable time if we start trusting the flesh. The doctors, the nurses, the lawyers, and all those people, when we start trusting them and quit trusting the Lord, we're not, we're not going to be happy people. Praise the Lord that uh, we can be happy in these. Paul had been warned. Praise God. There's a lot to be seen and heard when, when one worships in spirit and in the truth. And I'm going to end this message with this thought. May God bless you. It's my prayer tonight. We thank you very much for everything.